0: How's it going, everybody? This is Noah Heron. You're listening to the All Our Ways Podcast, and we have a really special episode. I feel like I say that every single week, but it's truly because we have some incredible guests on this podcast. Before we jump into our special guest today, uh, it's my pleasure to give a huge shout-out to Feed Ministries. If you don't know about Feed, that's F-E-E-D. What are you doing? They have cutting edge resources designed specifically for next gen ministry. Our guest today actually played a key role in the creation of Feed and uh, continues to help develop and innovate resources that are available free. That's right, free to churches. If you're ready to take the next step in your next gen ministry, you need to check out Feed. They make resources that are super easy. Uh, to use, they help tackle tough topics and deeply engage students with God's Word. Head on over to feed.bible/slash all our ways to explore all that feed has to offer. Also, I recently wrote a book. It's called Viral Jesus. I think that it will bless you. You can check it out on Amazon.com by searching Viral Jesus and uh, enter my name, Noah Heron. It should be the first one that pops up. I really think. That uh, it'll encourage you in some way. So go give it some some love. Check it out. And uh, today, without further ado, we have the extreme honor of having a living ministry legend on the podcast. His name is Pastor Terry Parkman. Uh, Pastor Terry is an incredible dad, incredible husband. He leads one of the most incredible next gen ministries on the planet. It is truly remarkable up at River Valley Church in Minnesota. Uh, just an incredible thing that he pioneers and leads up there. He's over the entire NextGen ministry of the church. He does stuff all around the world, a great communicator, and he's widely recognized as a thought leader for Gen Z ministries. Very outspoken, very wise. You're going to get so much from this episode. Genuinely, it was one of the greatest conversations I've ever had, Uh, when it comes to ministry. This is a guy who's been faithful at it for a long time. If you're looking for a podcast that's really insightful to the next generation, really insightful on what it looks like to follow Jesus for the long haul, you need to tune into this conversation. Without further ado, living legend, a guy I want to be like when I grow up, Pastor Terry Parkman. Hey Terry, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast,
1: man. Man, it is such an honor to be here with you, man. Thank you so much for having me out.
0: Yo, this is an honor for me. Um, I have looked up to you from afar for a hot minute, and um, I've already given an introduction of who you are and kind of what you do at this point in the podcast. But um, for those of you who maybe skipped through the intro, today on the podcast, we have a youth ministry legend, Pastor Terry Parkman, and um, I'm super excited to pick your brain. Yeah, I want to talk ministry, but I really want to talk like behind the scenes following Jesus with you because I think like if you've been following Jesus for any length of time, you know, that faithfulness is the goal, but if faithfulness was easy, everyone would do it. Right. And, when I think about you, one of the things that comes to mind is faithfulness. You know, you've been in ministry for a number of years now. Um, you're leading at a high level. You have an amazing family. Uh, it seems from Instagram we haven't had a chance to meet in person. But just <laughs> everybody that I know, we have a lot of mutual friends. They just speak so highly of you. And so um, how would you describe faithfulness but then how what would your advice be to someone who is trying to set themselves up for a life of faithfulness
1: wow that's a good question uh if i'm defining faithfulness it's being obedient to your next step hmm. uh you know in proverbs i think it's 29 16 i'll have to double check and get back to you but i'm pretty sure it is it says man uh, makes his plans but god ordains his steps and we man we talk about our plans all the time we talk about our future we talk about our, our where we're going but the Bible says that while we're concerned about our plans, God is very concerned about our next step. That means he's more in love with our A to B than he is with our A to Z. And with that in mind, if I'm going to be called and live in a calling and be obedient and be faithful to God, um, that's really found in being obedient to my right now and then in my what to my next step, not to my yeah. final step. And just cultivating that kind of life is understanding what you can control and what you can't. You know, there's so many times where we take ownership for things that aren't ours, like we call it my calling, or these are my next steps. When in reality, it's Jesus Christ's calling lived through Terry. It's his next steps for my context lived through me. And the minute I release that ownership back to Christ, I stop trying to make it a terrified version of my life. And I just allow Christ to permeate every part of that. And there's freedom in that. There's a lot of freedom and there's freedom to be faithful. When you release control, faithfulness is a lot easier. And so doing that and staying consistent with the rhythms that God put in place for you from the beginning, time in the word, time of prayer, fellowship, that's all key to really creating guardrails for successful faithfulness.
0: Yo, that was so rich. I got to slow down for a second because I think that there would be many people um, who might be listening to this and they go, man, he just talked about you know, not trying to go from A to Z, but I look at Pastor Terry, maybe people on here listening, they know who you are. They're like, I look at Pastor Terry and I feel like he's on his Z step, right? Like, like he has, he has what I want, you know? So how it's easy for Pastor Terry maybe to say that because he's at Z, and I know that you don't look at it that way, you know, at all. But from the outside, I think it's easy to look at people's lives and go, man, like if I had what they had, Mm -hmm. what, what do you think, like I love how you talked about my calling and how it's not my calling, but in your journey following Jesus, like, like going from step a to B, I'm guessing looked a lot, um, a lot less Instagram worthy than we sometimes make it out to be. What do you think? uh, Do you, do you think I'll ask it this way? Do you think that we sometimes over dramatize the, um, saying yes to god and we think of it as like this bigger thing in our head when it's really just really day-to-day
1: yeses yeah no you make a great point uh, about like pe- people's perspective from the outside you know the optics are terry's living in his z and look i'm 41 years old and there's a lot of millennials and gen zers are like yo when i'm 41 i'm hitting coast on the rest of my life and the reason is, <laughs> is there's a lot of people my age who do like yeah. you hit him up on facebook and i knew him from high school i'm like good lord where did you give up You know, like for me, like I'm 41, but I got 25 years before I retire. If I retire, this ain't gonna be my peak season at all. Yo, if if I want, look, if I want my ceiling to be other people's floors, my ceiling is still in the elevator that's going up. So like, Mm. I ain't slowing down for anybody. So with that in mind, you know, where I am today behind the scenes still isn't Instagram worthy. That A to B step, yeah, that's not Instagram worthy because that's primarily a lot of engine room work. But you got to know that as you go from B to C and C to D and D to E all the way through the alphabet, the engine room doesn't go away, but it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Because the more you steward, the more you carry, the bigger and the greater your foundation has to be. What do you mean by engine room? All right. So, like, we have the engine room of our life and the showroom of our life. And when Mm. you go buy a car, you go look in the showroom. They ain't taking you to the factory. They're not taking you to the assemblies line. They're not showing you where they're investing all their money. They're investing their money into R&D, into employing people, into processes, into systems, into all that, and to stay faithful to the vision that they have for their car company, whatever that is. In the same way, the process of my life is my engine room. That's my Bible times. That's my struggle times. That's where I need a coach or a counselor to stay fresh. It's all those things that I don't put on a platform because platforms don't give things value. And I want I to mm. say that again. Platforms, Instagram, stages, yeah. don't yep. give things value. It's faithfulness to what God's doing in the engine room that brings value to those things.
0: Come on. I love it, man. You're, we're like six and a half minutes in and, uh, there's enough stuff in here to unpack for literally days. This is incredible. Um, you're giving me so many sermon ideas right now. I got to go back and take notes. So, um, you said something a second ago, you said, uh, first of all, 41 years old, I I would have guessed younger. I'm not just saying that. So, uh, 41, you know, 20, 25 years ago, you said, um, you're not at peak Terry yet. And I love that mindset. I love it to you at 41 years old right now. What would peak Terry look like be what, what is, what are the things that at 41 years old, you're aspiring to get to, to do, to
1: become multiplying myself? Look, I, I think, I think when I stand on stages, I can add to myself. But when I, when I influence other leaders and platform them, I multiply myself. And I think success truly does look like um, the things that matter. Being a faithful husband, being a faithful yeah. son to God, being a good dad, and developing the next generation of leaders in ways that I never had an opportunity to be developed. And will I still travel? Will I still speak? Will I still get those sick Instagram shots or whatever the social media platform is of the day? You better believe it. But that's not my, that's not the legacy that Christ is leaving. You know, legacy is found in your wake, not in the stage that you stand on. And so I got to ask myself, what is my leadership wake and how can I expand that? So more people can come with me. Um, And that's what I think it looks like. And I don't hope, I hope I don't hit a peak. I just hope it's a moment of recognition. Like, yeah, this is, this is a place where God's called me Mm -hmm. and there should never be no downhill from here moment until I die. And then it's still uphill. Like there's no downhill moment. So I don't know if a peak is a real thing. I I think a peak only exists if we choose to give up. Mm. And so then your peak is defined. But if you choose not to give up and you choose to keep moving forward and stay faithful, then then there is no peak. Come on.
0: (laughs) I love it, man. This is too good. So I know for a fact that we've got young leaders listening to this podcast, probably a lot of of whom um, they are desperately... Desiring to be around older leaders like you you know they would they would kill for the opportunity to get to learn from you um, for you to invest in them kind of multiply yourself like you're talking about yeah. what is something that you look for in a young leader to invest in you know I know that you've got a family you're you're leading this ministry yeah. up in uh, at River Valley that probably takes up a lot of your time. And so you've got limited amount of time to pour into people. What's something you're looking for in a young leader to invest in?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I I would say there's two sides of it. There's a Terry Parkman side. That's not very spiritually motivated. I'm not a, I'm not a guy who loves helping people through excuses. I love helping people through processes because I believe, um, once you submit to God's, process. You can. It's not until you submit to his process that you can inherit his plan. And there is a process that we all must go through, this refining process. And I believe the ceilings on our ministries are really reflective of the ceilings on ourselves. And if I could help a leader break through their personal ceiling, then their ministry will follow suit. So if I have a young leader coming up, I want them to have a full vision for what they feel their life should be. I want them to fully know what they bring to the table and the gifts and the callings that God has given them. Uh, not playing coy or fake humble by saying, "No, oh, gee, I just don't know the talents that God gave me." That's an issue, you know. To know those talents, to know our strengths, and then to be able to leverage them for the kingdom of God is the same thing as the parable of the talents. And yeah. acting like we don't have them means we're burying them in the ground, yeah. you know. And so, having a young leader come with, "Like, this is my awareness. This is what I see. Um, can you give me better perspective?" You mm-hmm. know, that's that's what really helps me to be able to pour into a leader. I'm not looking for how influential they are, how many followers they have. I'm looking forward to their process.
0: Come on. Okay, so what I hear you saying, young, young leaders, listen up looking for no excuses, looking for yeah. someone who is confident, not cocky, but confident in who they are, what they bring to the table and looking for someone who's already beginning that process of launching out using their gifts. Did I, did I paraphrase that right? Those was kind of like three yeah. main things.
1: Yeah, and, and confident, I would, I would say more secure than confident because confident it depends on the day we wake up, you know, and yeah. how we feel. But I yeah. think secure, like, look, I know what kind of leaders I can develop. I know what kind of leader I am i don't have to apologize for it but i also don't need to think that's a boastful statement and for a young leader to recognize those things really helps them to know how far they could go yeah so i'm not saying like have it all together and then come to me but what i am saying is recognize what you have and be able to articulate it clearly yeah
0: man so i i still think of you as a young leader terry but there are many many people listening to this podcast who would say you're just a little bit of an older leader than them and so um, if, if young Terry, if 20-year-old, if 22-year-old Terry was listening to the All Our Ways podcast, yeah. um, what, what would be your biggest piece of advice for young Terry? Not necessarily yeah. if, like from a leadership perspective, but as just a follower of Jesus, what would your, mm-hmm. your biggest piece of advice be to young Terry?
1: Hmm. I would say this. Don't don't overestimate overestimate what you can get accomplished in six months, and underestimate what God can do through you in six years. Any young leader steps into any new opportunity, wanting to get that A to Z done in the first six months. In reality, you might get half- you might get halfway to B, you know, in the first six, <laughs> months. and 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 that creates discouragement. Then, and they think, man, there's it's a long road. But understand that what happens in six years of staying power of digging in of cultivating that earth of cultivating those gifts and talents what happens in six years will eclipse anything you can think of in the first six months absolutely eclipse it and that is something that i think is key for any young leader is don't Mm -hmm. overestimate what you can get done in six months but underestimate what you can do in six years because both of them are wrong you know god has way more if we stay faithful and diligent to what's in front of us you know it says in proverbs that The the plans of the diligent are rewarded, not the plans of the talented, not the plans of the influencers, not the plans of the good looking, but the plans of the diligent. That means even if your plans suck, but you're still diligent, they're still fruitful. Come on. Diligence is key. And so sticking to it will make sure that that vision really is something that you've never ever dreamed would happen down the road. Mm. I know that
0: you probably have a lot of um young leaders who maybe ask you about how to get things like opportunities like uh you know speaking it, yeah. it really it's something that um you know the the young generation gen Z millennials we we see and I think I think a big reason to blame is us, right like like as the church we have put people who have those opportunities on such a pedestal. Like, you know, it's the old saying, what's celebrated gets repeated. So if we're celebrating those people yep. more than we are um the people who are serving faithfully at our church every week, well of course the next generation is going to chase what's being celebrated. I said, I say all that to say, um I think a lot of young people are are chasing what you're talking about, the platform, the speaking opportunities. Yeah. And um I, I was just talking with a with a, uh, a guy who is a stud in ministry, yep. and he told me that he had a young guy come to him and say, "Hey, I want you to teach me how to be the next traveling pastor, the next <laughs> traveling <laughs> like how you how'd you do this?" And, um, and I, and, and my friend, I'm not going to say his name cause he's going to be on one of the later episodes yeah. and I hope yeah. he brings this back up. But, um, he said, I looked him square in his face and I told him to go volunteer at his youth group for two years and come back and talk to me. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yo, that yeah. is... that's true. And I think like what I hear you saying is like, Hey, if you want to be used by God in the big things, why don't you be faithful with the small things yeah. and watch God make that a big way he uses yeah. you right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's like, don't despise. I, it's, you know, God promises to bring a harvest, right? Like, that's all throughout the Bible. It's a common theme. Like, like the harvest is plenty, the laborers are few, right? But have you stayed long enough to plant a seed? You know, have you yeah. stayed long enough to see? You, you have anything to add to that? I just, I hijacked your point and just no, kept it's, going.
1: It's all good. You know, I think a key thing for me, continuing on with what you said, um, don't be afraid to be faithful in the small things, but don't get so confident in the small things that you're afraid of being faithful with the big ones when they come mm. um i never thought i would be a speaker i i, I still don't still consider myself a traveling speaker even though i do that a yeah bit. um i remember looking at people on stages and rooms of like sixteen thousand people thinking "Dang, hey, what's it like to be them and then you do it and you're like yeah i don't feel different i feel more insecure yeah. you know yeah <laughs> and you get off the stage and you just nothing's <laughs> changed you're like okay yeah. what you realize is those opportunities aren't yours to begin with um, mm. they're yours to steward and I remember the day where um, I was I was doing ministry. Ministry was really good. It was early on in my career, and God said, "Terry, my next step for you is to get out there and start traveling and speaking because I'm putting mm-hmm. things in your heart that are generational, that are for not just your youth ministry but for this generation to hear." And I was all playing the humble, and I was like, "No, God, not me. <laughs> me." And God said, "Terry, you need to shut up." And He goes. He goes, you're worried about ambition. And he goes, personal ambition is a desire, but godly ambition is a demand. And he goes, it is disobedience to say no to me. So I want you to call this person, this person, and this person, be authentic with what's on your heart and ask them for advice. And I did that with about three different people that I respect. And they said, you know what, let, let me bring you along with me. And why don't, why don't I have you speak at this thing? And as I was faithful, God opened doors. But the thing is, we can't we can't hustle our way into that position. It's never ours to begin with. If we're dead to ourselves and alive to Christ, and dead people have no stages, dead people have no influence, yeah. and only Christ's platform that He chooses to share with different people. And so, the goal shouldn't be to stand on a platform. Now, if it's a calling, then you need to be obedient to hustling towards those ends. But if you see it and just want to be that person, I don't know if that's the right direction to go. You know Come what I mean? On. Man, I wrote down these like questions
0: thinking like, man, like I think that this would be really helpful like if Terry would answer these questions. It'd be really helpful for our listeners. But now yeah. I'm like, we're at the point in the conversation where I'm asking selfishly for me now. This is so good. So what, what are some ways in your life that you've been able to distinguish the difference between personal ambition
1: and godly Yo. ambition? Yo, so what is God haunting you with? Like, cause when, like when I, you chase something, you chase it because you want it and because you feel insecure without it. Hmm. But when it's God, you don't chase it because it's it's coming from a place of insecurity. It's coming from a place of spiritual drive, the spiritual hunger. There's this appetite that was created that has less to do with being self-serving and more to do with plugging your next step into God's outlet. You know, it's like I can't supercharge this until I take this step. And it's driving me and it's haunting me. And the more I push it down, the more I push it back, it's just there. Yeah. That's kind of how I've done it. You know, usually anything that God haunts me with and I and I'm constantly thinking about, I just gotta do. You know, and a lot of people are like, What if I speak and I suck? Well, then you do. That's not up to you. What it's up to you (laughs) is God and doing it. But for me, that's how I distinguish another one is anytime that I could think about how good I'm gonna look, I know it's not God. Oh, that's good. I know it's not God. Even today, it's like, yo, I want to make sure I get to this point so I can Instagram this picture. I just yeah. don't. I just don't, yeah. you know. And so those are those are key ways, but usually whatever God is haunting me with, I, I usually that's how I pursue my next step. You know, it's just undeniable. You know, it's like Jeremiah where he says it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can I wanna hold it back and I'm tired of trying. I yeah. wait until that moment before I take the step. Wow.
0: Yeah. wow. Okay, random random follow-up question. What, do you know what your Enneagram
1: number is, Terry? <laughs> I do. I don't know how I feel about it, but I do. It, it's a, it, I'm Enneagram 8. Okay. Um, but is the wing the wing is the number right beside it on either way, right? Exactly, exactly. So 7. I go like eight right. Wing 7. Yes. Yeah. For all the Enneagram people who, who – all the people who – the generation that didn't want to be put in a box literally made nine boxes for everybody, you know? It's like it's so ironic, isn't it? <laughs> it's so true. But like, yeah, my Enneagram's an eight.
0: So we, we're similar. And I, I, I always find it funny that most people don't like, they're a little embarrassed of their, <laughs> of their number. Like, like there's no number that embarrasses me but the one I am. I'm a three. And I, th- and I think threes and eights are very similar in that we're, we're naturally more driven right? than some of the other other numbers, even when it's to our detriment, like, and I think that that's why talking about ambition is something that I think we both Mm -hmm. uh, are passionate about, like knowing the differences and stuff, because that can really get us into some trouble. Our ambition, if it's not godly ambition, can really get us into some trouble. And um, I read a book at the beginning of the year called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Have you read that book or, or, or seen it? Yeah, I loved it. It was super, super simple book, but very profound. And it really caused me, I guess it was in December when I read it, but um, it really caused me to kind of take a step back and look at my life um, and ask the question, like, is what I'm worried about, concerned about and spending my time doing actually look like Jesus Mm -hmm. or is it just impressive to Christians? And I think like something I've admired a lot about you from afar and from Instagram, which I know Instagram is is not the come all be all with, yeah. with looks into people's lives. But um, I do feel like I have a really, um, I don't know, a good feel for who you are as a person and as a dad, as a family man. And um, I would love to, for you to speak to the balance of, that work family life, prioritizing the speed and demands of ministry with the life that you want to live outside of just Terry, the pastor. Um, I don't know if that's a a question or if I'm just, (laughs) I'm just rambling because I want to hear your thoughts, but, Uh, but would you just speak to that?
1: You know, it's, it's an ever, it's a never ending quest. I would say that really finding balance because, um, like, and we've all been there. We've had great balance, great rhythms. And then the next day it all falls apart and you're like, what just happened? And what happened yeah. is the season changed. Every new season demands a new balance. And so what's vital is that I recognize a seasonal shift coming in life and I prepare my life for that shift so that nothing falls apart. And I change my balances as well to make sure it reflects that season. Um, but what's vital is a couple things that I've always kept in my life is I live from my overflow. I don't, I don't ever want to go into the well to pour out the good things. I want to be overflowing so I can put my cup on the side and just let the well overflow. I always want to be yeah. overflowing. So that's always a, a chief priority for my life is to be overflowing in God. And Different seasons demand greater investment, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, another piece is what are my non-negotiables? Family is a non-negotiable. I won't, I won't scribble in the margins with work. Yeah. My margins are my family. I'm going to make sure that I keep that time key. And I'm going to sacrifice the urgency and the tyranny of my calendar and work for my family. That means if God, knowing that about Terry, calls me to do something that requires extra, yeah. I don't put my family on the altar, but I, put, I restructure everything else in order to make sure I can do what God's calling me to do without giving it my family. And third, it's a family business. Ministry is a family business. It's not something dad does. And so my wife and I, whenever we look at speaking engagements, she prays and I don't go unless she says yes to. And yeah. so when I leave, she sends me, the kids send me and I don't leave them, you know? Yeah. And then she also creates memories with the kids um, while I'm away. So every time dad goes, they're like, oh, what are we, what are we doing now? Let's go do something. <laughs> so those are key things. And do I miss it? Yeah. But do I hit it sometimes? Yeah. The reality, the most important thing is you never stop trying to strike the balance. And that's the biggest thing for me.
0: So when it comes to like, um, I'm really curious now because my wife Maddie and I, we don't have kids yet, but um, even in our first year and a half of marriage, like these are conversations that we love to have because we feel like the more we talk about it, the better we're going to get at it. And the more, you know, the better we get at it, the more we're going to want to keep getting better at it, that type of thing. Yep. And so I'm really curious when it comes to maybe not the the speaking and when you have to travel, but just like a day like today, you know, yep. when I think you're in your office and, yep. and you've got stuff that you're doing, what is kind of like your daily rhythm um, when it comes to like time with Jesus, you know, working for Jesus and then like with your family, like where yep. does it all kind of come into balance?
1: Yeah. Rarely do I have time with Jesus in the mornings. I am not that person unless I'm staying up and it's like 1 30 a.m. before I go to bed. <laughs> but that's really about it. I usually yeah. have it at the end of my day or if I find myself um, traveling, and I want to put it like on the, on you version or something, listen to it. Um, yeah. And I find my time with Jesus in there. Um, my time, my, my mornings are spent at breakfast with my family. I want to make sure I wake up and we have the breakfast, we have a chance to pray together take my daughter to school and I got about an hour after she goes to school with my family before I come to work yeah. and then any extra spaces in my day I say how can I invest that into my family so I can get to an hour earlier or an hour and a half early mm-hmm. and I do that uh, working out usually happens after the kids go to bed yeah and, uh, time with my wife happens there and those are things that we run after we have our of course Fridays are our day sure. for us so we yeah. don't that's off limits to people unless we both agree But there's no magic bullet for us. It's always just communication, constant communication Mm -hmm. rather than assumption.
0: Man, Pastor Terry, this has been absolutely incredible. I'm going to go back and listen to this where I can have my notes out and take notes. Seriously, so, so good. I want to just wrap this up. Uh, I like to ask kind of a random fun question to end um, every conversation. And so if Pastor Terry Parkman was going to give a TED Talk On anything besides Jesus, ministry, and family, what would it be?
1: It would probably be on Gen Z. Gen Z. And outside of ministry. Yeah. Gen Z. Yep, 100%. Yep. Now
0: I, I've seen you doing
1: a lot of things with
0: like feed and which is which is a ministry you know focused on Gen Z. What what is it that that you love about Gen Z so much?
1: Outside of ministry, like the big thing with Gen Z is it's a disruption to world history. First of all, it's the world's first global, truly globally wired generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number three, it itself is the first generation in history that's been disrupted to where the older part of the generation is very different from the younger part of the generation. And that changes rules and it changes the game for everything. And I think studying those implications and putting them on people's radar really helps people to shift for the better um, with whatever they're doing, whether it's the marketplace or the church. And so it's key and it's pivotal and getting ahead of it really kind of helps everything else thrive if you can figure it out
0: we have a lot of people on this podcast who are who are listeners who are gen z um yep. and then and then uh, it, just as many probably who aren't who might want to learn more about gen z do you have any recommendations for books or resources on gen z that that you've enjoyed
1: sure um uh an awesome book is by it's called meet generation z by james Emery okay. white it's a very okay. statistical book so it's not talking how to boil down things and the second thing is the gen z study by farna um okay. And then One Hope is about to release one called Global Youth Culture, and that is massive. And so I think what's important is reading the statistics and allowing the Holy Spirit to be able to help you to contextualize what you're reading and make the shifts that are necessary to meet their, their needs.
0: Come on, man. Pastor Terry, this has been uh, just such an honor. So, so yeah. thankful uh, to have you on the podcast. Guys, those of you listening, you can find um, Pastor Terry. All of his info will be in the show notes. I'll make sure to link it. Go say hi to him. Um, connect with him online and uh, just go be encouraged. I know I am by him on a on a regular basis online. And uh, yeah, just super thankful for you, Pastor Terry. Thanks for Thanks for being here.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.